Welcome to Between the Two of Us. I'm Jen Alley. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and my goal is to make therapeutic concepts and neurobiology accessible while normalizing your experience as a human being. In these episodes, I offer practical strategies to improve your relationships and your life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, thank you so much for joining in to Between the Two of Us. This is your host, Jen Alley, and I'm super excited to be starting off this podcast with a holiday series. This first episode is going to focus on just general mental health, managing some family dynamics and holiday stress. So first of all, I think it's important just to name that in the last two weeks, I have talked to so many people, both in my private practice and friends, and I have yet to talk to anyone whose holiday was flawless or perfect or didn't have some element of difficulty And for some people, there was a lot of difficulty and a lot of pain. And so I think that's just important to name because based on social media and it's sort of picture perfect highlight reel, you might not know that. You might not know that everyone else is also struggling. And I think of Brene Brown's quote that vulnerability is the first thing I look for in you and the last thing I want you to see in me. And I think because of that, a lot of times we post and we share the good parts and maybe it's hard to name that like things aren't so perfect, that things are hard or that the holidays in in themselves is hard. I also think it's important to say that everything is on steroids during the holidays. If you are feeling sad or depressed or anxious or a little worried about something, it feels like everything is bigger and everything feels more. Or if you're a little bit lonely, usually, again, that loneliness is exacerbated. And I feel like really that comes down to one of the major challenges of the holiday. It's just that it's all about expectations. You know, Hallmark, social media, our society, we all paint a picture of these twinkly lights and bottles of champagne and cheery gatherings with family and friends with beautifully wrapped gifts under the tree and a crackling fire. But that's not really reality for most people. And even if it appears that way, there's usually other things beneath the surface. So a few stats for you. The APA or the American Psychological Association says that 38% of people surveyed indicated that their stress increases during the holiday season, mostly as a result of a lack of time, financial pressure, gift giving, and family gatherings. So raise your hand if you can relate to that. I know I sure can. The second thing is that the National Alliance on Mental Illness reports that 64% of individuals living with a mental illness feel that their conditions worsen during the holidays. We also know that a lot of people struggle with seasonal affective disorder. So again, just that lack of sunshine can really play a big part on people's moods and feeling more down and more depressed. So let's talk just through some of the common stressors during the holidays, things that you probably have experienced at least some of these. I think first of all, right, trying to balance work and all the, if you have children, all the school events, everything going on, time off, and then all the expectations and obligations. And so there's just a lot this time of year. Um, And there's a lot of shoulds. There's a lot of expectations among family, friends, schools, organizations, businesses. I also think it's really important to note that while we have this expectation that families just get together and we have this sort of big, wonderful time, 
there's usually a lot of family dynamics that come up that are challenging and even a lot of family conflict. I remember a professor of mine from grad school saying that many people feel better being at least two state lines away from their family of origin or their in-laws. And, you know, even if that isn't the case with you and you feel generally close with your family, the reality is that spending extended time together like many do over the holidays often brings up stress and anxiety or at worst, it even brings up pain or hurt or unresolved trauma. One of my friends described that navigating strained and difficult or complex family relationships for the sake of her kids is the hardest part of the holidays for her. And a different friend agreed and said, yeah, I feel this nagging sense of duty to family during the holidays, and I do a lot of things that I don't want to do because of it. So I'm just wondering if you can identify with any of that of going through things, being in relationship with people, being around people, um, showing up for extended amount of times when it feels really hard for your system and, and just thinking about your body and your mental health and having to do that when you really don't want to and it doesn't feel good for you. And we're asking ourselves to do it, you know, from all the way from Thanksgiving and then maybe even through the new year off and on um, through that time. So that's a lot. Another friend told me that she goes one way while her partner goes the other way So because they don't have kids and both of their parents are aging, so that feels right, even though it's hard not to be together for the holidays. And of course, some of my clients share stories of pain and loneliness and unhappy marriages where the holidays feel extra lonely and sad. I also have clients who long to have families and partners of their own and feel a lot of pain going to family get-togethers. And of course, as extended families grow larger through marriage and birth, dynamics often get even trickier and it can feel really hard as traditions shift and relationships change. Just this last couple of weeks, I have had a couple of clients who are struggling with their partners of their adult children. And so they, of course, have these dreams and expectations of how they wanted their relationships and they wanted the dynamics to be. They imagined this big, happy family and maybe the daughter-in-law or the daughter that they kind of never had, but instead they're experiencing strain and difficulty accepting how this new person shows up or how they behave. And so it's really common for there to be this struggle and even grief as family dynamics shift and as grown children form their own families and traditions. So it feels like, you know, life is sort of constantly changing but with that, in a way, we have this picture that stays the same of how we expect the holidays and how we expect people to be. And that's not usually the reality. I think the reality is, is that things are changing, even if we're trying to make them feel the same. And then, of course, they don't feel the same because they're not the same. And also, I think it's important to talk just about traditions themselves as a source of stress. You know, I think even among partners, identifying which part, which traditions we're going to uphold, or maybe with, you know, extended family, we're supposed to be at dinner at a specific time, or these are the foods we serve. And the other person's like, well, no, this is what we're supposed to do. Or these are the gifts that we're supposed to wrap versus these are supposed to be unwrapped because that's, those are the ones that Santa gives. Or even, you know, I know with my husband and I, We've had to kind of uh, navigate this idea of how many gifts we're going to give our kids. We have a little bit of a different opinion about that or um, just kind of what they should have during the holidays and how much money we're going to spend. And so I think it's true. It's just like there's a lot of things that really boil down to these expectations. We also know that the holidays are a huge time of financial stress for so many people. Again, there's a lot of 
expectation around spending and gift giving and consumerism and it's everywhere and it just feels really difficult and it's hard to be like the person who says I don't think we should keep up this gift giving expectation or I can't afford it this year it's a really hard thing to do we all have this desire and need to belong and so I just want to name again that like many people are struggling that if you are struggling with finances you are certainly not alone Another thing I want to discuss is just kids being off school for an extended amount of time. And with the holidays, a lot of times they are even feeling sort of let down or disappointed or we are disappointed and let down by how things go. I know for me, like I get really excited about certain things, like maybe going to see lights or, you know, family photos or certain little getaways or vacations. And they never really go how I think, right? Like invariably, the kids are fighting or they're complaining. And I think that's just part of the dynamic. I think that's really normal, but it's it makes sense that we also feel disappointed. We feel kind of let down when we put so much energy and expectation into it. One of my friends said on this topic that the hardest part of the holidays to her is just managing everyone's expectations. She said it always seems like a hassle and a letdown, but then we post these pictures like it was amazing. So again, just that kind of strange dynamic where we struggle, but then we feel like to the world, we have to put forward these pictures that identify like, oh, it was amazing. It was perfect. And I also want to lastly just talk about it feels like so much, right? Like the holidays can just feel like there's so much going on. Another friend described, it feels like there is access everywhere. There's so many gifts, all the different celebrations and activities. There's so much family togetherness and huge heavy meals. We have all of our family nearby and with step parents and grandparents, we end up doing six or seven Christmases and it is just so much. It's too much of everything. So even if you're not doing six or seven Christmases, I imagine that you can identify with this feeling of just like it feels sometimes like too much Or on the other hand, you might be someone who really wishes that there was more, that it feels like there's not enough. Maybe there's a lack of family, a lack of extended family. Maybe you're having a hard time with your partner, or maybe there's just, you don't even have a partner and you want a partner, you want a family. And so in that situation, there's loneliness and there's grief and there's a desire for this, you know, sort of abundance that you're witnessing for other people. And neither of these is wrong, right? We're all just struggling with our own things. So these are a lot of the common struggles at the holidays, but I also want to name that the reality of the holidays for some people can be much more difficult and dark. So things like illness, loneliness, grief, abuse, addiction, major mental illness, domestic violence, a family of history of neglect or sexual abuse and dysfunction can make the holidays just a really painful and difficult time. Personally, I know people fighting cancer this year. Another person is recovering in ICU from a stroke. And a friend of a friend whose husband is just fighting for his life. And so grief, loss, and loneliness are so hard during the holidays. Again, just amped up. And so we are going to talk more about um, grief and loss in episode three. We'll do more of a deep dive We also, in episode two, will talk more about if you're struggling with alcohol or substance abuse, or if you have a family family member who struggles, that can also be really difficult. And so we're going to unpack this with our guest who's in recovery in episode two. 
Hey, it's Jen. I just wanted to pop in and tell you about an eight-week mental health reset for moms that I am hosting along with my friend Jillian Amaro, who is also a licensed professional counselor. The reset is going to launch on January 22nd. So it is going to be an opportunity to learn with other women. It's an online course that you'll take. There's eight modules. It goes over eight weeks. You'll also have access to an online community And you're going to learn a lot of practical tools and strategies to nurture and prioritize your mental health and well-being. So if that sounds interesting to you, I would love to have you sign up for the course. It is actually on sale right now. It's $100 less than usual. We're having an end-of-year pre-sale. It is $197 currently. And if you buy before December 31st, you'll get that $100 off. So it'll be $197 right now, normally $297. There's also an option to pay in $45 increments. So if you want to learn more about that, all you need to do is go to www.jenalley.com. You'll scroll down and you'll see the mental health reset for moms and you can click on that and it'll take you to the link to get signed up and to learn more about it. Thanks so much. Let's talk now about managing your mental health during the holidays. I think one of the things that's really important is that you just take stock that you notice how you're doing. So this might look like a daily check-in. This might look like, you know, if you have a meditation or a mindfulness practice, it might be when you start to feel that kind of anxiety coming up or you start to feel tension in your body that you really tune in to see how you're doing and what you need. And so I do actually have a free tracker that I enjoy using. I don't usually write it on the sheet. I write it in a little journal, but It's sort of evidence or science-based prompts that help you just to track your emotions and to track your body sensations and also to do a gratitude practice. There's just a few different prompts. So if you want that, you can find the link to that in the show notes or at www.jenalley.com. But I think doing some sort of practice where you're checking in with yourself is a really important part of maintaining your mental health because if you don't even know you're struggling, right, you can't do anything to take care of yourself. So with that, we're going to try to keep up with our self-care as much as possible, which is hard to do during the holidays. And by that, I mean things like exercise, moving your body, taking walks, getting outside, making sure you're getting plenty of sleep, eating healthy when you are able to maybe limiting your drinking, making sure you're drinking plenty of water, and even taking breaks, right? Like scheduling in time for restoration for what you personally need. You know, I know my husband, David, is an introvert. And so if we go to my family, they only live about an hour and 15 minutes away. So if we go to their house for a couple of days, a lot of times he'll, he won't stay the night and he'll just drive back and forth. And that's totally okay. That's just kind of a deal that we have because that gives him some space and some time to have some, and he, it's not that he never stays the night, but he, he'll take some time. He'll go work out in the mornings. If he needs a break while we're there, he'll, you know, take the kids outside. And of course the kids need breaks too, right? They need breaks to get outside. And so I think maybe this is another time to say it's important to check in with your kids also during this time and to kind of watch for their cues. A lot of times the grown up expectations are not at all in line with what our kids are needing. And so making sure you're checking in to make sure your kids are getting plenty of sleep and that are eating pretty well and not totally, you know, crashing out on sugar constantly. And I think that's a really hard thing. And 
maybe getting them outside. So again, just kind of this attunement to what do I need and then trying to get myself that, even if it's in these different moments. The next thing is I would encourage you to make a list or a calendar of what is really important to you over the holidays. Again, especially for us people pleasers, I identify as a people pleaser in recovery. It can be difficult because we want to make sure everyone's happy. But the truth is, is that our own well-being often is at odds with keeping everyone around us happy. And so it's, you know, time off of work is really precious. And for many of us, it's rare. So take time to really assess what you need and what your family needs and wants and try to do that at the holiday time. And with that, of course, you want to identify what others, including work and your family or friends, are expecting of you. So you might want to assess how you feel toward each of these things and also what is the emotional and, you know, actual cost of these events. And based on all this, you might choose to set boundaries around, around what you say yes or what you say no to. And again, people might feel disappointed or upset or frustrated with you. But I think it's important to remember that boundaries not only protect me, they also protect the relationship if there is one so we don't become resentful. Because if I'm resentful toward you, that is not helpful to the relationship. So sometimes advocating for my needs, even if it might go against what you want, can help protect the relationship over time. Next, I think it's important to talk about even psychological boundaries. And I this is something I'm continuing to work on. And that's just the idea that what other people think and believe and feel even about me is not mine, right? That is, that is on their side of the boundary. That's on their side. And so they have a right to feel and believe and think whatever they think and feel and believe. And I also have that. I have a right to feel and believe and think and even parent and be as I feel like is the right thing for me. And so if you need help with boundaries, I highly recommend my friend and mentor's book that was just released. It's called Setting Boundaries That Stick by Julianne Taylor Shore. We call her Jules. And so I will link that also in the show notes, but it's a great book. It's super helpful. It's grounded in neuroscience, and it gives you a lot of really practical strategies for implementing different types of boundaries. Let's talk a little bit about how we can communicate effectively with family if we're going to be around family or friends over the holiday, and also how to address conflicts or tensions that might come up. So in general, you know, I think a good principle or guiding principle is that, you know, Brene Brown talks about this, that people are generally doing the best that they can. And sometimes that might feel hard for us to believe if we see someone doing something that feels really problematic or really challenging or frustrating or harmful. But I learned about coherence uh, through coherence therapy, which I um, learned about a few years ago. And it's really become foundational in just the way that I think about behavior. And the, the idea behind coherence theory is just that all of our symptoms, all of our be- behaviors, all of our ways of understanding the world somehow make sense within our system, even if we don't quite understand how that, how it makes sense. So I'll give you an example. If someone is drinking too much on a regular basis and it's causing problems in their life, we could say, yes, there's a high cost for them drinking, but there's something in their system. There's a reason 
there's something going on, be it sort of genetic, you know, factors, a history of trauma, anxiety, like we don't really know, but there's something that is driving that behavior. Somehow in their system or in their history, it makes sense that they're using alcohol as a, you know, coping or numbing or, you know, just um, self-regulating strategy. And so I say this because I think if we can come at people with just this sort of framework that somehow what they're doing makes sense in their systems. Um, Now, of course, I'm not like justifying things like abuse or neglect or violence or anything like that. But just like general kind of behavior quirks or behavior challenges that arise, um, I think it's a helpful way of kind of approaching people and approaching ourselves, actually, because in a way, it can kind of give us a little bit more compassion for ourselves and our kind of symptoms or things that we do that we don't like. Like maybe we find ourselves overeating or scrolling mindlessly. It gives us a little bit more compassion if we know that we're doing that some for some reason that somehow makes sense, even if we don't quite know what that reason is. And that's the same with people that we're interacting with. So now that we have kind of that framework of thinking about other people, I think it's important to think about, you know, the truth is, is is that the holidays are probably not going to be perfect. Your Uncle Tom might continue to say politically inappropriate things Grandpa John will tell inappropriate jokes, and your mother-in-law will probably be upset that you aren't able to make it by 2 o'clock. And so I think if we kind of know and anticipate ahead of time that well, people will generally do the things that they tend to do, and instead we're working on helping ourselves stay in a better place when these things arise and maybe taking breaks if we need to um, when things come up. It's also okay, of course, to set boundaries to say, hey, you know, Uncle Tom, let's let's not get into politics or we can kind of make a joke or, oh, Grandpa John, there's kids at the table. Let's remember who's, you know, who's listening. So we can set those boundaries, but I think we kind of have to anticipate that in general, people are going to be who they have been. That's probably the case unless they've had some sort of major shift for one reason or another. And I think with that, we want to try to avoid straining relationships unnecessarily. So for example, maybe it's better not to ride with your cousin who is, you know, going to cause you to have a lot of anxiety or a lot of frustration. Maybe it's better to have your own car if possible, or maybe it's better to kind of know like what is the window for how long we can kind of stay together and have a pleasant time. Like I knew with my kids, you know, they can be on their best behavior for a short amount of time. But after a while, particularly if they're in an environment where they need to kind of get outside or move their body, or if they haven't had enough sleep, they've had too much sugar, we're going to have some challenges. And so we want to kind of plan around that. We want, even though we might want to stay longer or people might think that they want us to stay longer. There's going to be a point at which like this is no longer fun for anyone. And so it's not just kids, right? It's kind of like we'd have to know what's going to be a good amount of time for us to be together so we can make the best possible experience. And I think with that, it's sort of like when difficult things come up, you know, again, I think there are certain times like the holidays is probably not the best time to like purposely bring up something 
that we need to talk to someone about. Maybe we choose a different time to have that conversation. Um, but of course, if we need to set a boundary, we need to say, say the hard thing that we find a place to do that. I'm actually going to link in the show notes. There's a handout that is from nonviolent communication and it's a handout of feelings and needs. And I think that that can be a really good reference point to help you have some insight just into like what emotions are coming up for me in this situation and like what's kind of the story I'm telling myself about what's happening or the story that I'm making up. I'm not saying that you're like lying. It's just like, what's the story that I'm telling myself about this situation? And also what kind of needs or requests, what needs first do I have and what requests might I want to make of this other person? So that's of course, you know, again, probably the holidays, unless something is eminent, we need to deal with it because it's coming up then we probably don't need to do that at the holidays. But you'll have that, you know, handout in case you do want to reflect on it or spend some time with it if something is coming up that needs to be dealt with right away. It also feels important just to say that, of course, if there's violence or abuse or someone is doing something that makes you or your family feel unsafe, it may be important to set physical boundaries. It may be important not to see people or to leave right away, of course, even if that means upsetting others. And with that, maybe just as a side note, I think a great strategy with kids, you know, is kids have a great detector sometimes if something makes them feel uncomfortable. And a lot of times parents override that because we're trying to teach them to do what we think is like socially acceptable. So if someone wants to hug them, I think a great thing to teach your kids is, hey, would you like to get to say hi or would you like to give a fist bump or a high five or would you like a hug? So you're giving kids choices instead of forcing them to hug people or to have physical contact in maybe situations where they don't feel comfortable. And of course, again, this might upset people, but the reason behind this is we're trying to teach kids about their boundaries, about taking care of themselves, about listening to their internal voice and that tells them whether or not something feels safe and good for their body or not. So just to kind of highlight some things for being with your family during the holidays, maybe you come prepared for conversation. If conversation feels hard, you have some topics or things to talk about, learn how to kind of jokingly or artfully change the subject if something challenging comes up. Maybe there's times to look at pictures or to reminisce on old times. You might try a movie night to give kind of the dynamics at play a break or play games, get outside. You might also just want to remind yourself that like no one's perfect. We're not looking for perfection. You might want to avoid drinking too much because of course we know that it is harder sometimes to be tactful or to... We don't want to lose inhibitions and kind of lose our filter. So especially in kind of more stressful situations with family, we might want to avoid over drinking. Um, We want to try to avoid potentially upsetting topics. We want to try to keep those off the table and again, artfully change a subject if those come up. And really remembering that the only thing we can control is our reaction. And the way that we do that is we notice what's happening in our body. We notice that like we're wanting to like flare up and react. And then maybe we take a drink of water. We notice our butt in the chair. We look around the room. So we're using our senses to kind of ground ourselves. We take it, we excuse ourselves to go to the restroom. We walk outside and take a break. 
we're just doing things to try to stay sort of regulated and to help our bodies to stay more soothed. So let's talk for a minute about creating meaningful holiday traditions. You know, again, as you create your own life away from your family of origin, maybe your own family or have your own children, I think it's really important to evaluate what is important to me, what is sticking or what feels like something I want to continue and like, what do I want to let go of? What's no longer serving me? You know, um, I I was given my grandmother's china and while it was beautiful and, you know, just a, a, a lovely sentiment after she died. The truth is, is that for the first, like, I don't know, five to six years we were married, I never once used it. It just seemed like so much. And so I ended up, my brother ended up wanting it, actually. Um, he's a little bit more sentimental than I am. But I think that that's an example of, like, historically, right? We get out the good china for this sort of thing. But for me personally, that just doesn't feel like something that I wanted to continue. And I also feel like I really love being outside. And so maybe adding in more outdoor activities during the holidays is a really important thing to me. And so again, we're just kind of thinking about like what rituals, what activities, what's important to us now. So I think again, we're looking for what promotes joy, what promotes connection, Again, if your jam isn't to be in the kitchen cooking all day and cleaning up, can you order food in? I've talked to lots of people in the last couple of weeks who order their food in so they don't have to do that. And it makes it a more enjoyable experience for them. And finally, we want to just emphasize the value of being flexible during the holidays. There's a lot of value in knowing that there's a lot of schedules, a lot of things we're trying to navigate. And so the more flexible that we can be, I think the better off we will be. So to wrap up today's episode, I just want to encourage you to seek support if you need that over the holidays. Of course, there are support groups. There are also hotlines, which I will link in the show notes. And there are a lot of mental health therapists who are available to walk you through your journey because the holidays can bring up so much in terms of stress and historical stuff from our childhood and trauma and just a lot, you know, a lot of grief and other things. And so if you need that, then please be sure to reach out to someone in your community who might be able to help you. And I also just want to, again, encourage you to lean on your own support group to turn toward people and to share and to be vulnerable with other people about what you're going through, because chances are they're probably going through some version of it too. You know, the more vulnerable you are in your relationships and can open up, then the deeper your relationships will become. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday, but I also hope that even in the messy parts of the holiday, that you're able to take some of today's messages with you to help you regulate or set boundaries or do what you need to do to take care of yourself. If you found today's episode helpful, it would mean so much to me if you could subscribe and also to share it with a friend that would be super helpful to get the word out about this podcast. And I'm also really interested to hear about what you would like to learn about on the pod. So if you have ideas, please feel free to email me at jen.ally.therapist at gmail.com. I will look so forward to seeing you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. 